about the creek, creek talk, talking about the creek, creek talk, talking about the creek, talking about Dawson's Creek. Welcome back to Creek Talk. This is Steven. And I'm Jamie. And this week we're recapping season three, episode eight, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Happy in Thanksgiving June. in June. <laughs> you know, I could use a Thanksgiving dinner. I would love some turkey oh. and some stuffing and pie. Listen, even Gail's burnt edged <laughs> pumpkin pie still look good. I want some. And for like a split second, I thought maybe I should bake one. But then I realized I don't have any of the ingredients. I have pumpkin, canned pumpkin still from last Thanksgiving. But I feel like we were literally just talking about Thanksgiving with the Pieces of April episode. And we were talking about like our favorite sides or whatever. And like, can we just like take a second to recognize the fact that it's already June? Where did the first half of this year go? I don't know. I feel like it was just like January or February and it's June. I know. I know. It's so weird. And it's going to go by even faster. I don't like this. I don't know. It's going to be. I told my niece, I was like, it's going to be Christmas before you know it. I know. (laughs) But enjoy the summer. Ugh. People are graduating. Congratulations, grads. I know my nephew's graduating high school next week. And it's my niece's 16th birthday. And I don't know. I'm like ready to go down the shore. Like we're going down the shore in August for my birthday week. And my birthday week for my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I feel like I'm not ready to do anything. (laughs) Jamie, I want to get the fuck out of Delco and get a tan. (laughs) sick of being in my apartment (laughs) i'm good on the tan i'll just be my pasty self but (laughs) it'd be nice to get out and get a little bit of sun just soak it in feel the warmth somewhere pretty like lots of trees 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 oh yeah you're more of like a camper yeah i'm a camper (laughs) before we get into anything let me ask you what did you think about this episode did you like it i it was okay so I couldn't remember this episode. So I know the first time I watched it, I must have been bored and doing other things. Wow. I know. Like, I remember bits and pieces. I remember, like, Dawson's confrontation with Jen's mom. But I don't remember, like, enough of it. Like, I, I would have completely forgot about this episode. Like, wholeheartedly forgot about this episode. That's interesting. Yeah. And uh, this time around... I could appreciate it a little more. I was super excited to see everybody all in like the same place for once. And we got to see everybody together again. And that was great. But then the little dramas and stuff that they were all having, I was like, I was bored. (laughs) I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, wow. I really, really, I have the opposite. I really liked this episode. I was telling you earlier, I was like, I can't wait to talk about it. Cause I know you're super excited. (laughs) Yeah, I really, and we're usually like on the same page, but with that stuff, but I really, really enjoyed it. This is one of the episodes I do remember a lot. I remember, um, because it came out around Thanksgiving, but I remember how they were all having Thanksgiving and I remember Dawson's sweater because they had the same sweater. I think it was from American Eagle. And if it wasn't American Eagle, it was Arapostel, but I think it was American Eagle. And I remember how they were just, all in one place, like you said, and it was revolving around Jen and her mom. But when I really watched it again, it's a Thanksgiving themed episode, but 
it's really there's really like no like thanksgiving <laughs> if you like think about it like they're sitting at a table together eating and they're like talking about what they're thankful for but it's not like a it's not like a typical thanksgiving episode of tv you know what i mean yeah it was like the only reason that thanksgiving was even brought up it was a reason to get everybody together they're like what can we do to get everyone in the same area again well let's have a dinner okay you know what holidays everybody gets together on holidays <laughs> thanksgiving it is i don't know <laughs> but i didn't i didn't hate that part of it so no, i'm look i'm not hating on the episode there were parts that I liked, like, for example, Joey was very wise in this episode. She kept dishing out her, like, her, her little melodramatic her monologue. piece of her, her piece of advice. And it was it was really good. But I just well, there was nothing super excited. The whole Jen and Pacey thing. I just I want it to be over. <laughs> I don't mind it. I think it's like a natural thing that like they have no chemistry at all. It's just always well, kind of like with them and it is i mean they talk they pretty much say that i know well i don't like it <laughs> like she literally laughs when he tries to be like Cute. i know this is not gonna work <laughs> they don't work i'm ready for them to move on <laughs> well the good thing is i think after next week they do move on because i yeah, i know yeah. next week is called four to tango and i think that's when like the shit hits the fan i think but Otherwise, I don't I don't know. I liked it and I'm excited to talk about it. But before we get into the episode, let's do a quick catch up, Jamie. <laughs> do you want me to go first? <laughs> Since yeah, because I don't even remember around. what happened yesterday, like <laughs> let alone what happened a couple of days ago. I'm trying to think. I know we used to we used to be so good at this. And now I'm always like <laughs> What? what? <laughs> I know. I just, I'm like, yeah, what, what fucking day is this today? It's like I came out of the Jumanji board. What year is it? Yeah. You know, that's, that's pretty much what's happening every day. I don't know. <laughs> well, I uh, had a pretty low key weekend. I pretty much just ran some errands and then I came home and just like chilled out. And um, that was pretty much it. But my latest thing that I've been so into is this guy called Mr. Ballin. And he tells true crime, horror, like scary stories that are all from actual stories, like actual events that happen. I've been listening to him. I was like editing on Sunday and cutting back and forth to his page and then going down rabbit holes, trying to figure out who these people are. And I was literally doing the same thing today while I was working. So like every time a story was on, I wanted to like pull up the people and what they look like so if work ever looks at my like search history they're gonna be like why is he looking up all these people that die (laughs) (laughs) all these true crime stories (laughs) i'm pretty sure that there are people with very like worse browser history than you well i don't really go on our work browser history i know but i mean like oh yeah fair if you're looking on the work computer but i just mean in general you've got you looking up historical or you know dead people because <laughs> it's like right there i'm like looking up how to murder somebody and get away with it now that would be oh no creepy. that's creepy well that's so creepy. That's, that's scary <laughs> yes it's so scary so like the more i listen to it the more creeped out i get because the more it's like it's true and like the fact that he's telling stories about people that just like it's messing with my brain it's make Justin was like, you have to stop listening to these because you're going to have nightmares. And it's it's true. He's right. Because last night we were listening to one 
together, he lost all uh, attention span to it because he couldn't concentrate on it. Meanwhile, I'm like glued to the TV. Like I know what happened. And then I woke up because there was something weird happening in my dream. And I was like, <laughs> I think I just had a nightmare. And you're, it was like, you got to stop watching us. Your brain cannot handle it, apparently. <laughs> no, you know what it is? Because like real live true in life, <laughs> real true life stuff like that. It's scary. It's scarier it than is, any movie. It is scary. It's so creepy and real, but yeah, for real though, you should probably stop watching them if you're not going to be able to get any sleep later. (laughs) I know. I know. And like being here by myself, like even during the day, I was like, I'm getting creeped out just sitting here during the day, listening to this guy. And he's such a good storyteller. He's very engaged. And you like hang on his every word. It's so interesting. You have to look him up. So the one I was telling you about today was about this guy named Herb Ballmeister. So bought this land called Fox Hollow Farm in like Indianapolis or something like that or Indiana. And so he was like loaded and they have like all this land. So when his wife and his kids would go out of town, he would like lure gay men back to his house and he had a pool in his basement and he would ask them if they liked to be choked when they would have sex and he would end up killing them in the pool. By like, kill, yeah. So, and then he would bury their bodies, like burn them and then bury their bodies on the grounds. And at one point, his 13 year old son came home with a skull on a stick and was like, told his mom, like, look what I found. And she was kind of freaked out. And then she asked her husband why he found a human skull. And he said it was from his father uh, when he, when his father was like a, uh, in school or something doing like, science experiments or something and the wife was just like oh that makes sense i'd be like no we need to call the police you found a human skull like that's so creepy but it gets better so apparently we should give like an explicit warning content like (laughs) the beginning of this i know (laughs) i hope you guys are having nightmares tonight okay like steven here but just know that if you do you're not alone I'm not going to get, I won't get like so into everything from what I listen to, (laughs) but it's a place where a lot of paranormal investigators go to investigate. I don't know if they do it now because I think there's current owners, which creeps me out because they know what happened in the house and what's on the grounds. And the fact that people still live there, it blows my mind. I would be like, no, we need to knock the building down and you need to come and like, get whatever bones you find on the on the grounds because I don't want to live here. But the previous owners that ended up buying it in like the mid nineties had a lot of paranormal experiences. And the man that worked for them lived in one of the buildings that was on the property that wasn't too far from the main house. And he gives a lot of his, um, his experiences with seeing somebody in his house somebody knocking on his door constantly. He saw somebody walk into his bedroom when like he went outside to check and see who was knocking on the door. Nobody was there. He would walk in the house and he saw somebody in a red shirt walk through the hall into his room. And he said there was, he thought it was an intruder. There was nobody in the house. And then another time he saw the same man running towards him in his, into the living room, screaming, help me. And when he was looking through the victims, he recognized one of the victims as this man who was running towards him saying, help me. 
It is. It gives me the creeps thinking about it. Like even talking I about it. I feel like I saw that episode. It was, did you say it was Ghost Hunters or something that, that did yeah. it? Yeah. Right. They, so I feel like I saw that episode. Also, I feel like there's a documentary out here because this sounds really familiar. Like the story that you're recounting and um, not just from what you get from Ghost Hunters, like more details and pictures pop in my mind, which makes me wonder at some point if there was some kind of episode on it or there has to be something yeah probably one of those shows did a special on it or something but yeah i feel like i like the story is very very familiar so i feel like i've definitely have seen that before but uh so you haven't been sleeping for a couple of days could be why you're irritable is that what's happening (laughs) (laughs) because i'm scaring myself you're scaring yourself (laughs) i know like i had to turn on the great british bake off because just can't stop (laughs) i know because even like i'll put on like friends in the background but the other night i I put on the british bake-off to have something like pleasant on while i'm listening to his stories so to like um you know bounce off the like happiness that is the bake-off show compared to the creepy stories he's telling me And then, and then Justin's like, he like comes in and I'm, I'm like all jumpy. He's like, what is the matter? I'm like, you scared me. Love to freak yourself out. I think. I know. I know. Well, I already told you my apartment's haunted. I like, I already know it's haunted. So like I'm sitting in my kitchen like all day and I, and I feel like in the corner of my eye, somebody's like staring at me it, like from my doorway. So I get these like weird vibes in here all the time. And it doesn't help that I'm listening to this shit all day. No, 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 it is definitely magnifying your imagination for sure. (laughs) No, I know. And like, I love scary movies and everything. But like, when you're listening to real life stuff like this, it's just a million times scarier because you're like, it blows my mind that there are people that are just capable of doing these things. Yeah. It's so creepy. It's The world is a scary, scary place. Yeah. You just, it's just freaky but anyway what what are you up to (laughs) uh so saturday was my cousin's bridal shower so that was fun and then my mom and i went to the mall afterwards oh you went to the mall again yeah it was we went to the morristown mall in new jersey and that mall has changed so much over the years and it's it's crazy to think that i used to hang out at that mall every friday when i was like (laughs) in high school (laughs) I was like that was like the best time to hang out at a mall yeah now it's like completely dead (laughs) there's there's nothing in that mall besides like a couple random stores and a lot of shoe stores like an overwhelming amount of shoe stores I would have preferred to go to Cherry Hill but that mall has also changed a lot the only thing that's probably the same is maybe like the layout of the building but not necessarily where the stores are I don't think I've been to the Cherry Hill mall in years it's completely different it's like a whole new mall a high-end mall oh okay fancy now um so we did that and then on sunday terry and i went furniture shopping because we needed a new couch oh and we found one and it is being delivered tomorrow so we have no couch in our living room right now the <laughs> living room looks super huge every time i walk in there i'm like where am i this place this is so weird you know it's like better than feng shui <laughs> You sent me a picture earlier and I was like, I, I thought your, li- your living room was different. And you're like, what are you talking about? 
I don't know what, I don't know. It's just from every time you sent me like a Snapchat of you in your living room, I always felt the layout was like on the opposite side or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure if I walked in your house, I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Probably. But you saw an angle you've never seen before <laughs> no exactly that's exactly what it was it was like it looked like a normal angle of a living room as opposed to what i kept thinking it was in my head because the I only remember... thing you've ever seen it what is the wall the back of my couch and the shelf behind my head so <laughs> yeah but i would look at that and i'd be like oh that's such an odd layout for a living room <laughs> but when you look at it when you sent me the picture it's not at all it's a normal living room <laughs> I have no idea what you were picturing in your head. I, but I'm I can't even curious. explain it. I can't even explain it. It's <laughs> so many, I can't forget it. <laughs> um, other than that, I got a new book. I'm really excited to read. So I'm currently reading this book called Daughter of the Moon Goddess, and it's pretty good. Oh. Uh, but I keep putting it down. It's like one of those books that while I'm reading it, I can't stop reading it. But once I put it down, I'm like, it takes me a while to pick it back up and I really have no idea why because the story is really very good but I think part of it is because I'm a little bit of a mood reader so I don't think that this particular story is the story that I'm really in the mood to read but I'm having trouble sort of finding it kind of but not really so I recently devoured this book called The No Family and it's like a basically a k-drama in a book. Kevin Williamson friend of the show Kevin Williamson (laughs) He, he um, just started a book club on Instagram called My Scary Book Club. And he has suggested three books so far, which um, I'm interested in reading. Um, but the one, it's called The Night Shift. I need to buy it. It sounds so interesting. Do it. Do yeah. It. And I keep like commenting on his thing and trying. And he looked at one of our stories. So that like made me do a backflip. So yeah. I was like, maybe Don't hurt yourself. comment. We're <laughs> old. We can't just do those backflips. Well, know? it was in my head. I did a backflip in my head. But yeah. Uh, so the No Family is like that, like that K-drama vibe. Mm-hmm. And I've been really, as you guys know, I've been really into that lately. So I've been trying to find books like that. And I think that's partly why I'm like bouncing back and forth because the No Family, I completely devoured. And Daughter of the Moon Goddess is like a... I think it's like a Chinese like retelling of a story and um, it's really, it's very good, but it's not like, like present day realistic kind of, even though it's not realistic. And I think that's why, like, while I really, really like it, I keep putting it down um, where the no family is like in today's world. Well, I mean, it says a lot, like they're just two totally different books and one's a a page turner to you. And the other one, is just like, I got to keep coming back to it because I'm interested, but it's not like catching my attention as much. So with that being said, I had a book delivered today that I am ecstatic to read. Like I keep thinking about this book and um, before when I went to go purchase it, it wasn't available at the time for whatever reason, I guess maybe they were sold out of it or, or I mean, whatever. Um, so I think I put an alert on it and then I got that notification. It was like, Hey, this book's available. Do you want it? Cause it wasn't in my cart. If it was in my cart, sometimes I get this like, Hey, you know, let you know, this is still in your cart. And it wasn't in my cart or in like anything like that, but I remember looking at it. So I had to like put an alert on it or something, but I kept thinking about this book and then I got that alert and I'm like, huh, purchase it right now. So anyways, it came today and it's cold soul searching 
and Seoul is in like the city in mm-hmm. South Korea, right? I'm so excited to read it. This is hefty. This is a heavy paperback and it's like she's she's a hefty book and I'm really I'm pumped and it's like small font so I'm ready. <laughs> so ready. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> you should be because I'm ready for this. I, I have another book called XOXO and I want to read that too but this is the one this is the one that I really want to read like I'm excited for it. So like now I'm at this point where I need to decide do I want to finish Daughter of a Moon Goddess, which I'm almost done. This is how much I'm Oh I my left. god, just finish reading it then. I know. Really, it isn't that much more. But I can't, I can't keep stop thinking about this book. So now I'm carrying both of these books around with me because I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> where, where are you carrying them around to? From one room to another. Now. <laughs> <laughs> they both, they both go with me now. You know, these chunky books are going with me everywhere I go in the house. So you know, my god. bedroom, the living room, the kitchen, the dining room. They followed me to the bathroom at least once. So oh. <laughs> just. I'm really excited. Can you tell? Look how animated I am right now. I'm really yeah. excited. You guys, if any of you read these type of books, please send me some titles. I need more. Please. Please. <laughs> Help a girl out. Help me spend my money. Yeah. <laughs> and if anybody wants to listen to creepy podcasts, listen to Mr. Ballin. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Not like Ballin, but like Ballin. All right. Anyways, so that was an hour of us giving you a recap of our lives. Hopefully your weekends were lovely and you guys got to enjoy the weather uh, before some of the rain. We got rain at least over here. So wherever you guys are, hopefully you have really nice weather and you got to go out and spend time with your friends and go shopping and be safe. Joined our Facebook group. Hopefully you joined our Facebook group and are enjoying that. But with that, we can get into this episode. Are you ready, Jamie? I'm ready. Okay. So this week we are recapping season three, episode eight. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which aired November 24th, 1999, which is my sister's birthday, November 24th. Uh, it was directed by James Charleston and written by Heidi Ferrer. Her. I don't know how to say her name. Ferrer. <laughs> All right. So at least they weren't using Thanksgiving as an excuse. This was literally created for Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's what I figured because it was around that time. I wanted to look, go back and look and see when Thanksgiving was during that year, but I didn't. But I do remember sitting in my room watching this. It was on a Wednesday, so it had to be before, right before Thanksgiving. Right. So maybe like, Thanksgiving was right. Thanksgiving had to be right after because it's always the last Thursday of the month, right? What year was it? 1999. Thursday, November 25th, 1999. Okay. I was right then. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> um. All right, so we open with Pacey and Jen, which is weird because we've never really opened with just the two of them. I know. We're not in a bedroom this time. Uh-uh. Just we're, not a, we're not with Dawson or Joey. Yeah. It's always pretty much been Dawson, but this time it's with two other favorite characters, Pacey and Jen. Just not so- together. I'm ready for the JC. The the the. Uh, I don't even know how you would mix their names together, but I'm ready for the Pacey and Jen saga to be over. The pen saga to be over. The pen saga. The penifer. The penifer. The penifer. Penifer can be done now, okay? Well, it seems like it never even started, to be honest with you. Really, the next episode probably will have like a little bit, but then, like you said previously, shit's going to hit the fan, so... Um, so they're out food shopping in that weird little grocery store that we saw 
Pacey and Andy in last it's season. With the cafe slash, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's a cafe slash grocery store slash like toiletry place. I don't know. <laughs> like, I you can buy anything there. That's not that much of a stretch if you think about it, because our grocery stores have like Starbucks in them now. Yeah, that's true. Like, go get your groceries with a side of a, you know, caffeinated drink. I think it's just because the place is so small. And it's, it just yeah. looks very out of place. I don't know. It's like corner store meets grocery store meets cafe. It almost reminds me of an upscale gourmet grocery store. But like a really tiny one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so like they're... a deep size room. <laughs> like they would never go to like a ShopRite or a Giant or Acme. This is where they would go to go food shopping. Yeah. It's bizarre. But I mean, it's a small, small town, right? I mean, how big is Cape Side supposed to be? I don't know, but you would think that they would at least have like a shop, right? Or you know a right. Indian grocery store. It can't be that small of a town. They have enough, like, people. There's no way that store could feed, you know, everybody's kitchens in that <laughs> town. <laughs> I guess they're driving to other towns to their grocery stores to get their Thanksgiving food. <laughs> <sighs> I know we're overthinking this, but I, I know. Okay. I've got Jen, a lot of questions. Jen, Jen is just like, I need creamed onions for grams. And Pacey's like, yuck, that sounds disgusting. And I was like, yeah, I've never heard of creamed onions. That sounds really nasty. I've heard of creamed corn. Yeah, but creamed onions. I've never, ever heard of that. I don't know, but it has me curious because I like onions. I do too. I All I kept thinking was... Like those little baby pearl onions, but they're just creamed. They're just mm. mush. And I've heard of people grating onions, but I don't fucking know. It's weird. I, I feel like I feel like it was a weird thing to need for Thanksgiving dinner. Um, so Pacey tells Jen that when he suggested that they hook up today, he didn't necessarily mean that they go food shopping. And Jen tells him that Graham's Thanksgiving feast takes precedence over their burgeoning sex life. And he corrects her and he says, well, we don't actually have a sex life yet. And she says, and that's my fault. And he tells her, yeah, it actually is your fault, Jen. Jen says that she finds it difficult to watch him pull at her. And she just starts laughing. So like, she can't take it seriously. These two just don't have any sexual chemistry. I feel like they were like, let's do this thing with Pacey and Jen. And then they like made a joke of it because it never happens. Nah, like they, really. they, they, they try to out. kiss yeah they make out again um but it just doesn't it just doesn't work they don't work and how did what does that say about pacey as a friend because i know that they're all friends but this is dawson's ex-girlfriend like first real girlfriend and now pacey's like cooking up with her i don't know it's weird to me well, that might come into play with next episode when shit hits the fan. I That's don't what remember, I'm assuming. I don't remember the specifics, but I remember where they are <laughs> in like a coat room. Yeah, that's what I keep picturing them. too. Yeah, it's definitely in a coat room um, that they get essentially busted. But I don't remember what's said. I don't remember the specific details. So I'm very much looking forward to it. So... Jen's laughing at him because she can't take him seriously. And he tells her that foreplay is no laughing matter. And she's still laughing. So he says, how's the guy supposed to do his best work in the face of scorn and derision? So Jen says that they're friends who do that. And it's just going to take a little time getting used to. 
then she gets kind of like seductive and she leans into him and she says, maybe they can find time later. And he says uh, he can't because he thinks he has to go to his parents for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and she's like, okay, whatever. Like, she's not even like face. She's like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so they like continue shopping. And he says he thinks it's the right thing to do, considering that they brought him into this world. And Jen says, gee, you sound so excited. And he says, he'll get to hear his dad tell the widow women who've been slaving over a hot stove all day, complain about the butterball being too dry while he sits on his ass all day drinking. And Jen suggests the alternative, which is to come to Graham's for dinner. And he asks who's all going to be there. And she says, don't worry, Pacey. And he declined. She says she thinks that she's making dinner for Jack and their father. And he's like, well, that sounds nice. It's good for her to have family on Thanksgiving. And then she goes and hugs him because she feels a little bad for him. And then he tries to get cute again. And he says, good Lord, you smell good. It's so weird. So he's like, you smell really good. And then Jen starts laughing again in like his armpit. And he's just really annoyed. And she just keeps apologizing while she's still laughing. And um, we cut to the opening credits. But I thought it was a cute opening. I thought it like set the stage because this is a very Jen heavy episode. It is. And we have like a little side drama, like you said, with everybody. But just getting more into their friendship and what they're going through right now was interesting because it's like, I feel like the writers are really pushing it to make it just go away like they do with everything on this show. They, they back themselves into a corner that we they realized was not going to work. And they're like, all right, we got a sh- we got an episode or two episodes to get this to happen and then move on. <laughs> right. I mean, they pretty much concluded the Eve storyline in this episode and she wasn't even a part of it. <laughs> so it, you know, I totally forgot about that. It's interesting. You know, they were like, we don't need her on the show anymore. We ran our course with that character, but let's sort of conclude it with this whole situation. They could have just not brought it up, but they still did. It was such a pointless story. I kind of like that they did bring it up though, because we kind of completely forgot that Dawson's aware that Jen has a half sibling oh, yeah. that she doesn't even know about. So I feel like for those that were paying attention, they probably would have been like, well, what happened to this plot? I get yeah. like that book. So I'm, you know, I can imagine it would be the same way with a TV show. I'd be like, yo, we're missing some stuff here. There's some information and I have questions. I mean, I, we already know I have a lot of questions as it is, but I feel like that would have been a pretty big one for them to kind of miss. Well, it's interesting that you said we're missing some stuff here, right? Mm -hmm. So when we get to the scene where Gail mentions it, it's like, when did this happen that he told his mother this information? Because it's like, it happened off screen. Like, we didn't even know. And it was like the writers just reminding us of this storyline. And it happens a couple of times in this episode. It's weird. I know what you mean, though, because people are talking about it that we weren't aware were knowledgeable of that fact yeah and it's like when did we see him tell her it's weird and instead of us going oh yeah we're going oh yeah and when did you find out you know yeah we don't get that answer really not really (laughs) yeah it was weird also did jack move back in with his father and andy i don't know i didn't i'm confused about that with jen but i mean i don't know like that would be another thing like they never if he did they didn't tell us so, all right. So I think Jack is still living there, right? So I think what it was the plan was he was going to get Andy and they were going to have dinner with their father. 
and then he bailed. So he brought Andy with him back to Graham's house. Because when Andy uh, gives her thanks at the dinner table, she doesn't say thank you for letting us oh, in our home. Yeah, she you're thank right. You for letting me in your home for dinner. That's she didn't true. include Jack. So I think Jack still lives there. Okay. Okay. We'll say that he still lives with Evan. Yeah. Okay. That makes that makes me feel better. Good. You're welcome. <laughs> You're <Sorry>. welcome. <laughs> Um, so now we're at the Leary house and Dawson comes downstairs and he sees his father, uh, gruff, rough and tumble Mitch watching the Thanksgiving football game. Football. He's like, yeah, I'm a football coach. Now I love football. (laughs) And we see Gail in the kitchen cooking and it's Thanksgiving. Like that's my favorite part of Thanksgiving. Like when you smell somebody's cooking in your house and you just go down and you see them cooking. It's Thanksgiving at the Leary house and Gal asks Dawson what he thinks because she wants her contribution to Grams's dinner to be straight out of Gourmet magazine. Yes. And sure. <laughs> they they cut the two pies just sitting there and Dawson says, "Well, they look ready for the November cover." So, mind you, these pies they're a little bit overcooked. <laughs> they still I look really, them. really good. But yeah. the edges, like her crust was burnt on the sides. I didn't even notice it. But oh, I noticed. Good. And that's why when Dawson said it, he hesitated before he responded. And then he was just really nice. Like, yeah, they're ready for the front cover. He wasn't being that genuine. <laughs> but they what did mean? look I good. Like, I would have still, still rocked that. But, I mean, they were I'll a little overcooked. Um. It looks so good. I pumpkin want pie with Cool Whip pie. is so good. Oh, I don't even care. I don't want the Cool Whip. Just give me the pie. No, I, I have to have. I have to have like whipped cream on it. You know what's good? Uh, cheesecake and pumpkin pie like together. Oh yeah, that's so good. Oh good. I love a cream cheese pumpkin muffin. <gasps> they're so good. Ooh. Oh my god! Now I want to make them. <laughs> Stop it. I think I did make them last year, but they didn't turn out right. I want pie. I want pie. I want pie. Give me the pie. I feel like Dean Winchester. (laughs) I want pie. (laughs) So Gal says that she needs to start in on her oyster dressing, which sounded disgusting to me. I've never eaten oyster dressing before. For Thanksgiving? I know it's like a basic thing that you would make, but... Like I hear it all the time when maybe maybe in other people's households. (laughs) I've never heard of it before. I I just don't think I've ever had it. And I don't, I just don't think the idea of putting oysters in my dress or my stuffing or whatever you want to call it sounds. Is that uh, what she was putting in there? Stuffing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) they say dressing because it's like, isn't dressing what you put in the bird? I don't know. It's like a stuffing. Don't you put dressing on a salad? Well, yeah, but they call like stuffing dressing for something else. Let's see. I think, yeah, the stuffing is what they stuff in the bird. And then the dressing is what you would bake on the side. I feel like you would. Do you think maybe they meant like a like a gravy? No, I've heard of oyster dressing. All right. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> oyster dressing. Yeah, it looks just oh, like that stuffing. looks really freaking good. <laughs> grandma's really oyster Yo, dressing somebody make this and send it to me please <laughs> this looks so good classic oyster dressing yeah so this would probably go inside of the bird 
I would have never. Huh, this looks really good. Do you, have you guys ever had this before? Because listen, I've never in my life had it. I've never even heard of this before. Oyster dressing. This looks really good. And if you're not seafood eaters, that's totally fine. I like seafood. I wish I could eat more of seafood, but my boyfriend does not eat seafood, which is very disappointing. But this looks so good. I wonder if I were to like make this for him, if he would actually eat it. I just won't tell him what's inside. I know. Like, how would he know? He would never know. It's chicken. <laughs> eat it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's chicken. It's fine. So I looked it up and I was, it's right. So the stuffing is what you put in the bird, whereas dressing is cooked in a pan outside of the turkey cavity. So there you have it. It looks like it's in the pan. It looks so good. Why? Listen, I should not be hungry right now. Moving on, Stephen. <laughs> I know. I'm hungry too. Uh, so Dawson asks Gal how her apartment search is going, and she says it's going. And she says, but you don't mind that I'm taking up temporary res- residency in the guest room, do you? And Dawson's just like, no, that's fine. Totally fine. But I was like, what? I don't even know. I didn't even know that she was back. Forgot. No, I knew she was back. She got fired. Yeah, I know. I forgot. But, oh. I didn't realize she was like living there again. Right. Let alone staying. But, I mean, it makes sense that she would stay if her and Mitch aren't together. That it would wait. make sense that somebody would stay in the spare bedroom. But but, but she was living there. And Mitch agreed to come back, but Mitch still has that studio, doesn't he? Doesn't he still have that building? Yeah. So why, why doesn't he just move back there? Right. Because she was taking care of the house before she decided to leave. I'm sure, like, why is she looking for an apartment now? It makes no sense to me. I think it gets brought up, and I think I missed part of it, because I feel like at one point it gets brought up that he has um, that space above the restaurant. Because her career is the one that probably paid, is paying for the mortgage. It was the breadwinner. I don't unless, know. Unless it's like opposites now because he's teaching and he's a coach and stuff. Yeah, but I don't think teachers make that much money. Anybody a teacher? I mean, you don't have to tell us what you make or anything. Like she's an on-air journalist. I'm sure she's making a shitload of money. Bang. So yeah. I, I don't know why she's the one who has to leave the house when like she was there, when they agreed that she would stay there when they decided to break up. So this is the episode where they... He pretty much announces that they've got a divorce, right? Yeah. We don't know how they split things in the divorce. Who got the house? Who didn't? Yeah, maybe, I guess we'll find out later. Maybe Mitch got the house. <laughs> so silly to me. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I just thought it was so dumb. Like, he has that other building. Why is he just not moving back there and starting, like, his restaurant or whatever? So Dawson looks at his father watching the game and then he looks at his mom cooking in the kitchen and he says, it's starting to feel oddly familiar. And she says, what, your father watching football and me in my apron? So then Mitch comes in and uh, he tells Dawson that he's missing a really good game because he knows his son so well because his son loves football. And Mitch eyes one of the pies and he wants to try a piece and him and Gail go into this like happy family scenario where it's like the like, damn Twilight Zone. They're going back and forth. Yeah. So weird. We're She's like, don't you touch that pie, Mitch. And he's like, <laughs> I'm going to eat a piece, Gail. And Dawson's like, what the fuck is going on here? From what we learn later, they're putting on this act because they don't want to upset their, their son. So, right. Um, 
so he even says it. Why does this feel like an episode of The Waltons? First so of all, we get this like glance of the two of them looking at each other, and we're like, oh, something's up. So now we're back with Jen. She's home with the groceries, and Graham's is in the kitchen cooking. She's wearing the most old lady looking house dress. She's like taking food out of the oven and Jen tells Grams that Sam says hi and Grams like, I don't know who Sam is. And Jen says, you know, the deli guy, the one with the bad dentures and the liver spots and all the nostril hair. She's like, I think he likes you. And Grams is like, Jennifer, I have something to tell you. (laughs) And Jen says, I know, I know. I won't eat any of the food before the meal is served. I will clean out my closet to hang the guest coats. And I'll think of something to be thankful for. So I won't embarrass you in front of your prayer group. And Graham says, yes, uh, actually, no, that's not it. (laughs) Wait, did you, when you had parties and stuff or like guests over, did you ever have to bring the coats up to your room or like throw them on the bed? No, and I thought that was kind of weird anyways, because they're in and out of the house. Like one that, I thought inside, it was the next side, they're outside on a bench, you know, and then they're inside, and they're outside. Like, why would I take the coats all the way upstairs to my room when I'm going to turn around and have to get them back while they go outside? It just that I thought was dumb because, yeah, they're eating outside. What if they want their coat while they're eating outside? Did you notice how she was taking the coats before they even were inside the warm house? No. <laughs> like they oh, yeah, were all like, lined oh. up and they're walking up her like little sideway walkway to the porch steps to like the, you know, the three season room, you know, her porch basically. And then into the house and before they even hit the steps while it's still outside, they're handing her their coats. Yeah. I do remember that. Cause I remember seeing Joey take her, start to take her coat off. Yeah. She wasn't even on the steps yet. <laughs> no. She was just handing them over before they even got in the house. I'm like, let me let, let you get inside, put the food down on the table in the kitchen, because that's where the kitchen is. And then as you walk in the living room, hand me your coat. But Wait, I thought it was funny because it's something it's something that we always did when we had parties and stuff. And um, like still do. Like when I go to my aunts and uncles, they always take our coats and throw them on their bed. But I oh, remember, well, yeah, that's that's a normal thing. That's yeah. I'm trying to I've never I haven't had like that kind of party here where everybody was wearing their coats. You know what I mean? Most of the parties that we've had at this house have been like summer parties. But when we go to other houses, you know, family houses or whatever, then they will. Yeah, they'll take we'll take our coats and put them in the bedroom. So Jen's like, you need to relax, Grams. It's just a meal. And Graham says, it's a meal with a long history. And Jen starts eating mini marshmallows and she's like walking. They're talking. She says she needs to get ready. And Grams is now following her. Grams says, I need you to bear in mind that Thanksgiving is a holiday. A holiday with a tradition. A tradition of people with differences, different ideas, different beliefs coming together, sitting down together, breaking bread together in harmony. And they're now upstairs. And Jen says she learned all this in kindergarten, but I appreciate the refresher course. But don't worry, I plan on staying far out of your way as humanly possible. So Jen opens up the door to her bedroom and she stops and she looks like she's just seen a ghost. Like she just listened to a Mr. Ballin episode and she's terrified out of her mind. And we look over and we see a dark haired woman looking at Jen's dolls and we hear Jen say, mom. And her mom says, hello, Jen. (laughs) <laughs> what is it about Jen's bedroom and it just being where people end up when you least expect them? 
And a why there's is always she some random person in Jen's bedroom. Always. Well, this makes sense because it was her old bedroom first because she even says that oh i know but i mean when she least expects it i mean ex-boyfriend sister that she doesn't even know was like creeping around in the house and in her room and you know we've got you know mom now it's the only other um set they have in the in the ryan's house they're not in dawson's bedroom they're in jen's bedroom at this point yeah because joey doesn't even have a bedroom (laughs) joey no no she doesn't at least from what we can tell. We're still waiting on the blueprints of the mapping of the house. I know. I still can't find them. I keep looking online. I can't find them. Um, yeah, if anybody wants to make that for us, we would love it. <laughs> Send it to us. Do we have any artist friends listening? We'll give you full credit. <laughs> we definitely will. Because <laughs> we have no fucking clue how that, that house is built. <laughs> and now it's turning into a and b <laughs> I know. The shack won't be a shack for much longer. Are they getting their own bedrooms? I don't get it. I think so. Joey's like, I have four walls. <laughs> I have my own door. I have privacy. Um, I also wanted to say that Jen's mom, uh, her name's Helen. She's played by Mel Harris. She has been in so many things. The most famous thing I know her from is 30 something, which is an old TV show that was out when I was a kid. And it's weird to hear a show called 30 something when I'm not in my thirties anymore. (laughs) So we are now at the Potter shack and we see like their kitchens all mess. And we hear Bessie say, I'm so stupid. And Joey's like, what? And Bessie's like, that totally reminds me. I forgot that thing that goes inside the bird. What's that called? And Bessie opens up her microwave and she takes out this little like turkey or this like little bird. And Joey says the gizzard bag and Bessie pulls it out from inside the bird with tongues. And Joey's all grossed out. But I was more grossed out that she was cooking a turkey in the microwave. Did you notice that? Uh, No. And I didn't even know that you could do that. (laughs) Me either. It was it was weird unless she cooked it. Maybe she cooked it and was, just, it and it was just keeping it warm in the microwave. I've done that. Maybe she wasn't cooking it in there. Because it wasn't like a huge turkey. It looked like like a little like a little bird. But she was probably using the oven for something else at that point. So where else would she put it besides the microwave? So that makes sense. Can't put so it in the fridge. <laughs> Can't leave it out. It, she puts it back in the microwave too. So Joey's storage, man, storage. <laughs> So Joey says, if mom were still alive, she would probably have her own cooking show on the Food Network. Look at us. And Bessie says that they're glad that they're having Thanksgiving at the Ryan's. And Joey agrees with her. So Joey's getting sentimental now. And she says, maybe it's the holidays, but any minute now, she's going to come walking through that door. Out of the kitchen, everybody. (laughs) And they're just sharing this moment together. It's really, it's really quick. And now we're back at Dawson's. So he's in his room changing. He's putting on his famous Thanksgiving Day sweater because his mom had told him to change earlier, which I thought he looked fine. But she's like, oh, it's your new sweater. And she's trying to fix it on him. And then he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, sorry, sorry, Dawson. And Gal tells him that she ran into Helen Lindley this morning. Um, She says, I haven't told Mitch yet. (laughs) I was like, well, why would she tell Mitch? Who cares? And Dawson's like, Jen's mom? So Gal asks him what he thinks that means. And he's like tying his boots. And he's like, huh? She says, 
You think it's not possible at this very moment the two of them could be discussing a certain half-sister? And Dawson says it's highly unlikely, considering that Jen doesn't even know she has a half-sister. So Gal's like shocked that he didn't tell her. She says, I am impressed with your self-control. And he says, uh, it was me being more gutless than anything. I noticed too that James Vanderbeek like whispers everything now. He whispers everything and then it comes out in like mumbling almost. It's been a couple of episodes this season. I kept saying, what did he say? And Gal says, then I guess it's just a coincidence. And he says, what's a coincidence? Like he's not following up. He's not, or he's not like catching up what she's trying to say. And Gal says that one week you discover a skeleton in the Lindley closet. And then the next, the aforementioned family just happens to get together for the first time in over a year. And he's like, uh, yeah, you're right, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, this is the scene where we find out that he had told Gal about Eve and all this stuff. But yeah, I was, like, like, I, was like, I was like, wait, Gail knew? <laughs> right. That's how I thought. I was like, did I miss and this she part? She knew a lot, too. Like, <laughs> I know. It was almost like they grew up together. <laughs> right, like, it was a big deal. You know what I mean? That all of a sudden they were dating. Maybe Mitch was keeping Gail in the loop with the whole shenanigans. I mean, he did get busted in the middle of an assembly making out with, like, shirts half undone in front of the entire school so i mean i don't know they just i was surprised i was confused for a second i'm like when did gail find out and then the more that we talk about it and i think about it i'm like maybe mitch was just kind of keeping her in the loop i don't know yeah i don't know either it's all very confusing so now I we see like this episode was almost thrown together with the way the information was just kind of dropped in there yeah it was all muddled together yeah i think that's part of the problem with this episode <laughs> to me at least i just no, it is a problem. Because every time I turn around, I'm like, wait, what? Yes, exactly. <laughs> did that, that happen? <laughs> that is a problem with the episode. But at the same time, I liked where they went with the storyline, especially with the whole Jen thing and her mom. But mm-hmm. you're exactly right. It's just like, did I miss an episode somewhere where they said this to everybody? Like where they were like talking about these things? No, they just pushed it through. And we're like, the audience is going to know now that his mother knows about this secret and you know, that's how they're going to find out. It's, it's not that important, you know, kind of it's weird. Season three is so weird. (laughs) So now we see Jen sitting on the dock by herself and Grams comes down to get her. And she says, you've been down here for nearly half an hour, Jennifer, you have to come up sooner or later. And Jen says, how could you not tell me that she was coming? She's like, I didn't know. She just arrived. <laughs> she just arrived. I can't do her voice. I'm like, I'm, I'm losing it. And Grams tells Jen that her father was detained in Europe for business. And Jen says, oh, I'm not surprised. He's probably downing a vodka martini right now with some tequila shooters tied behind his back. <laughs> oh my gosh. Drowning his sorrows as if he actually felt anything. And she's like, be generous, Jennifer. Jen's like, why? My mother isn't here because she wants to see me. She's here because she had nowhere to go. Graham says, you don't know that. Jen uh, says, yeah. <laughs> she probably does know that. Yeah. And Graham should know that. She, that's her daughter. How is this woman Graham's daughter? I don't know. But... Weird. It's like she came from another planet. I know. She's a very selfish person. <laughs> and she's a totally different person than 
the woman that's in those pictures that Eve found. I look, I know that that's supposed to be like 18 year old Helen, but Helen had blonde hair. How did they give Helen now dark hair? What there's no her hair. The gray was coming in and she said, I don't want to have light hair anymore mixed with the gray. I'm going to go dark because it makes me look youthful. And that's what she did. I don't know. It just was like inconsistent. (laughs) So inconsistent. I understand people dye their hair, but usually they dye it lighter, you know, but have you met me? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I've never. Yeah, you're right. I've never seen you with light hair. (laughs) No. Have you met me? (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, Steven. (laughs) You compliment my high pony, but you don't know what color my hair is. (laughs) No, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, she's an older woman, you know? I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So Jen says the only contact she's had with her mother was a phone call in the past year. (laughs) The one where she's like, hey, mom. It's me, Jen, your daughter. She's like, who's Jen? You gave birth to me. Do you remember how I'm a crotch goblin? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a crotch goblin. (laughs) I never heard that. (laughs) You've never heard of kids being referred to as crotch goblins? No. Oh, that's funny. Now you have. And so have you guys listening. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so Graham says, you know what I think? I think underneath all of this, you're really pleased to see her. Maybe pleased is the right word. Maybe prepared. You are prepared to deal with the past. Prepared. You're prepared to start facing the problems between you. And Jen can't even look at her mother, let alone talk to her. So Graham says, maybe you can find the right words because there's too much to say. And she says, Jennifer, for the past 14 months, I've watched you change. You're more serious now. You're more at peace with yourself. It's like you've crossed some kind of threshold. And Jen says, it feels more like a crossroads. Like I I could just go either way. See you at the crossroad, crossroad. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's all I kept thinking when I heard her say that. (laughs) And Graham says, I know that you will choose the right way. And Jen says, but in the meantime... Graham says, one foot in front of the other, starting in that direction. So Graham's pulls her up. One foot in front of the other. (laughs) (laughs) And she says she can't stay down here forever. People are starting to arrive. And she says she thinks her mother is just as nervous as she is. And Graham says the two of them are more alike than they realize. I don't know if I agree with that statement. I don't think Jen's this like heartless cold woman i don't think that jen's mom is heartless and cold i think she's just focusing on the wrong stuff she's a very selfish person i've been around women like helen lindley who are just very like stern in their actions and you you don't get any sympathy from them or any sense of like love i think jen hit the nail on the head with her she's like you're so numb that you can't even cry she's just numb i don't think that she was always that way it's a defense mechanism so she's got issues yeah yeah it's just it's insane to see Mm -hmm. so now we see pacey he's riding on his bike and we see jack and andy carrying food to grams's little table in the backyard so they're like all meeting together at grams's 
And Jack says, happy Thanksgiving. And PC says, happy Thanksgiving. And then he says it to Andy. He's like, hey, Andy, happy Thanksgiving. And she says, same to you, PC. And she looks super uncomfortable. And she looks I'm at Jack. I'm so over her. Like, <laughs> I know. I'm so over her. I'm sorry. And I know we like we loved her. But I'm just like, I'm ready for her character to move on. <laughs> I can't deal with her drama anymore. We still have so much more time left. <laughs> I know. I know. Pacey says he thought that they were spending the day with their father. And Jack says that their dad got stuck in Chicago and he couldn't find any way to get back to them. And Jack is pissed. Also, welcome back, Jack. You've been absent for two episodes. So Yeah, we've missed you. Andy tells Jack that she's sure that their father did everything that he could to be there with them. And Pacey asks Andy what she made and she tells him apple pie. Jack's like, yeah, she made it herself too. And Pacey's like, it looks amazing, Andy. And I said, how would you know? It's covered in foil. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> He's I'm got like, like, what do you mean it looks through foil? <laughs> what, what if it's burnt? What if there's like creepy crawly things on it when she lifts the cover? Like, what are you talking about? What? He's like, what? No, friend. No, Andy. just no. So Pacey says that he brought canned cranberries because that's the extent of his culinary expertise until he becomes a chef in like later seasons. Um, yeah, that's funny that he says it. You know? Yeah. And then Jack says the cranberries are the backbone of any good Thanksgiving dinner. And you know what's so funny? I was never a cranberry person when I was a kid. I don't like them. But now I love, I love having that cranberry on my plate. Yeah. Although I will say uh, Sophie's salad from Salad Works, I think, has like these candied cranberries or like dried cranberries or something. They're very good. Oh, I but put I dried cranberries in my salad all the time. But I won't. Uh, I don't know if it's because it, it's just like this jello looking consistency. I don't like jello. <laughs> I have a weird texture issue and jiggly things don't work for me. <laughs> I just have yeah. an issue with jiggly things. So. Yeah, I don't mind Unless it. I like pudding. It. I'll do pudding, but I won't do Jello or anything congealed. Yes. <laughs> you don't. You don't eat Jello at all. No. Oh wow, that's so funny. I can't. I, <laughs> the last time I had Jello, I think I said this in the last episode, but I hate oatmeal. I cannot stand the consistency. It's mushy. The consistency. Like yeah. And this episode reminds me of oatmeal because I was trying to force myself to eat it to be healthier. Mm. And I remember, I remember eating it while I was watching it. And I was telling my mom, I was like, well, that wasn't so bad. And she was like, why are you forcing yourself to eat it? And I was like, cause I'm trying to be healthy. It's I was so, like 20. It always smells so good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I like get a spoonful in it and I, I can't get past the chunky uh-uh. And the, it's like rice pudding. I can't do rice pudding either. Oh, I like rice pudding. It's like smooth and then chunks. And I feel like it's like. It re- no, oatmeal is more like grainy to me. I don't know. It's, it's, and it's like. It's all the same to me. And all of it, all it reminds me of is after you eat something and then you throw up. And that's what <laughs> I think of. And I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't Got do it. it. I got tried. that visual in my head thanks jane <laughs> sorry but i like i've tried because i mean some of the oatmeal like the, the cinnamon sugar one that they have or brown sh- i don't know what it is it brown sugar smells sugars. so good it does but and i want to eat it but i cannot get past it 
I have a texture thing and apparently it has to do with mushy things, jiggly things, and like slop. Gooey things. <laughs> Gooey, slimy things. Slimy, <laughs> slimy, chunky things that <laughs> looks like you upchopped after you ate something. Like I just can't. Uh, no. All right, let's move on. People are people might be gagging listening to this. They're trying to eat and you know officially put their their meals down. I'm like, thanks guys, <laughs> thanks Stephen and Jamie, so Someone, so much. Someone's eating oatmeal while listening. I'm losing food. weight now because I cannot eat. I'm like, <laughs> there see goes you at the crossroads, crossroads. <laughs> see you You're at going the crossroads. <laughs> I'm going hungry. Whatever he says, though, it's not that. Here, I'm like, so you won't go hungry. <laughs> All right. Anyways, we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray <laughs> every day, every day, every day, every day. <clears throat> I'm gonna say that to my brother. I'll be like, what? Well, how about this throwback? <laughs> um. So Pacey goes up to Andy and he's trying to be like really nice to her. And he asks how she's doing. And she's like, fine. Why do you ask? And he says that it's been a while since they touched base and he just wants to check in and see how she's doing. So now Andy gets really frustrated and she says, why do guys always do that? You want to be the nice, polite friend after the breakup. You made a choice, Pacey. At least have the strength to believe in your convictions. And he's like, yeah, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't even ask you how you're doing. So just go fuck off, Andy. Bye. And he's like, all right, I'm just going to mosey on out of here uh, and go back to my parents for my second stop. And Andy's like, no, we came last minute. So I should be the one that goes. And Jack's like, neither one of you are leaving. It was nice of Graham's to host this evening of Misfits. And if the two of you can't get over your history for a couple of hours in the company of our friends, then you should be home eating a TV dinner under a bare bulb. And he's like, get over yourselves already. So at this point, we start to see everybody arriving at the crossroads, <laughs> coming through the, the path of Graham's house. And... um Bessie's talking to Mitch and gals holding baby, baby Alexander and Dawson and Joey are walking in together. And Joey says, it's really weird seeing your parents together. They seem to be getting along. And Dawson says, so So then Grams is at the door and she announces everyone to come in. And Jen's like, give me your coats. I'm the coat girl. And before you even get in the door, (laughs) they're all like taking off their coats. And we see Jen bring the coats up to her room and she says she's just putting them on the bed, which I was like, so you never cleaned out your closet, I guess, because you said you were going to hang them up in the closet. But whatever, Jen. Continuity here. Consistency. <laughs> and she sees that her mom is still getting ready. She's like putting on lipstick. So Jen looks kind of awkward and she says, that she's like, oh, I didn't see you. And she's like, it's okay, Jen. We can share. Besides, it's your room now. Before we like move on because you kind of jumped right into the scene um i really didn't like jen's behavior towards pacey it bothers me so much and there's <laughs> yeah, even the conversation that happens like with with jack like you broke her heart well she broke mine too but like why is there so much sympathy on her she cheated on pacey Sorry to get pacey back and pacey was like no nah, bro do you mean andy's Oh, you said Jen. I, thought- I mean Jen. Sorry. My- oh, I, I agree with you. I thought it was so annoying. I just was like, really, though? Really? No. 
because she's a victim now. I don't know. And then like all that bullshit when they're saying when they're putting the plates out and Jack's like, well, how do you think she feels? Like she cheated yeah. on you. How do you think she feels? I'd be like, I don't give a fuck how she feels. She's the one who cheated on me. I didn't cheat on her. If he said something about like, imagine he's like, you know how much pain you were in when that happened. Now imagine the pain she feels right now. And I'm like, what pain? What? I mean, I get it. She knows that she messed up. And so like, she's angry at herself for her decisions. But now it's like, she's taking her anger out on Pacey because Pacey was like, this isn't happening. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to forget it. I might forgive you, but I'm not going to forget it. And this, you know, well, I, mean? I also just, think, I don't know. Just I think, no. I also think she's, I'm not siding with her, but I also think she is just upset with him because she thought they were moving on when they were getting back together the last episode. And when she decided that that's not what she, when he decided that's not what he wanted to do because he couldn't, like he didn't see her the same way. She, she took it like hard because she thought, he, yeah, you know, she did all that bullshit to to kind of get him back too, without it, without him even knowing it. I know, and I understand. You know, he he had like a weak moment because he, you know, this is somebody that he really loved, and giving in in that moment, it's a hard situation to be in. But I'm glad that he kind of wised up and was like, yeah, no, like Before this it was too late, right? Because then you know they'll be they'll be dating for another like six months and he starts getting resentful of her and all this stuff it's like you know it happens but yeah i'm glad that he acknowledged it and was like this isn't something that i is healthy for me so jen's watching her mom get ready her mom's like you can stay it's your room now and jen is like just awkward and she goes to leave but her mom stops her and she's like she points to her back she's like i need you to zip up my dress and jen walks over to zip it up so now they're both standing in front of the mirror and her mom tells her how beautiful she looks. And then Jen looks away and her mom asks her if she said something wrong. She's like, did I say something wrong? Like the, the awkwardness between these two. It's so weird. Yeah. It's like, it's like, she's not even her mother. Did I say something wrong, Jennifer? I only just told you that you look so beautiful because I haven't seen you in two years. And Jen's like, I remember all the times I watched you getting ready in front of the mirror. I studied your every move. Helen says, like, I was the most important person in the world. And Jen says, yes, yeah, something like that. <laughs> her mom says she has a gift for her. So Helen pulls out this, like, it's jewelry. So she goes to give her this, like, thing of jewelry. And she opens it up. And Helen says that her mom gave them to her when she was her age. And she thinks it's time to pass them on. So Jen opens them up. And she sees that they're pearls. Jen says that they're beautiful. You know, I've always thought so. But she says, I can't take them. And her mom's like, why? But why? And Jen says, where would I wear them? At home, maybe. And then she corrects herself and she says, I mean, in New York, maybe. But here, this is where I live now. And her mom says she could keep them for a special occasion. And she says, you're the one who taught me that pearls lose their luster if you don't wear them. I guess they're like people in that regard. You should keep them close to your skin. But her mom's like, just take them, Jennifer, please. Like, it's almost like an olive branch because she, like, yeah. you know, I mean, I would have just taken them. I, I would have taken them. But I mean, do they really lose their luster if you don't wear them? Listen, I don't own pearls. I'd have nowhere to wear them. So why would I even try to purchase them? Um, I've never worn pearls either. <laughs> once, not even earrings, you know? No, um, my ears aren't even pierced. Oh, so Jen leaves. She goes, she says, I have to help Grams. 
And we see Joey and Dawson asking Grams if she needs any help. And Grams is like, pray. <laughs> That's the only thing I need you to do, children. Pray. <laughs> Generally, just. And I pray. Oh, my God, do I pray. <laughs> I pray every single day. <laughs> <laughs> For a revolution. <laughs> and I cry. Oh my God! Do I cry <laughs> all the time? <laughs> oh my gosh! So good, so good. So as Grams is leaving, Jen comes in, and they mention that they heard that her mom's in town, and will they get to meet her? So Jen says, "I would love for you to meet my mom, but there just seems to be some communication failure at the moment." Jen says she's currently primping in the mirror. She'll probably be down shortly. And Joey looks kind of concerned. She keeps making those duck lips. And Dawson asks if she knew that her mom was coming. She's like, no. It was like guerrilla style, filming guerrilla style. I have no idea she was coming. We see Jen getting really annoyed, but she's not getting annoyed at them. She's just getting annoyed at the situation, mostly because her mom is there and they're not having the conversation that they should be having. Which is so fucking annoying because that's just like walking on eggshells. Right. So then Dawson asks Jen if she would be here for any other reason. Like, (laughs) uh, I don't know if you know this, but... I think it's Thanksgiving, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's not a holiday where everybody gets together and eats food and then goes to sleep. Oh, right. So she wouldn't be here for your (laughs) (laughs) half-sister that you don't know about? (laughs) Jen's like what I have a half sister (laughs) Um, she even says that she's like for what (laughs) to return home to the familial fold I don't think so so Dawson's like okay good she doesn't know yet and he's like did you talk to your mom yet it's been a long time she must have a lot to tell you and she's like like what and Dawson says like maybe she misses you maybe she's sorry she sent you away I don't know she's she hasn't always been there for you And Jen cuts him off and she says, ever since I was 13, that woman has done nothing but stare at me with a look of mild disregard. Like I was some stranger who spilled a cocktail on her carpet. And then this is when Joey goes into her monologue and the camera, the camera zooms in on Katie Holmes's face like they always do. (laughs) Just zoom in on Katie's face. Zoom in on Katie, when in doubt. And she tells Jen that We're all strangers to our parents. They love us, but they don't really know us. Sometimes before we get the chance to know them, they're gone. So then Jen looks up and realizes what Joey's trying to say. And she says, so we can't ask them all about turnips and turkey gizzards or what they were like when they were young. And Jen apologizes and Joey says, that's okay. But what I'm trying to say is, would you give her a chance? She's your mom. And the reality is, is that she came here today to be with you. I think you owe her that much. (laughs) I was like, what, Joey? I mean, I get where she's coming from, right? But like, she doesn't understand the like situation either. So no, but still. She listens to her though. Like she takes it to heart. So it's not like, I mean, she finds it wrong. You don't know why your mom is there. Maybe she is trying to extend an olive branch and to make a connection and, you know, life is short. One minute they're there and the next they're not. So, I don't know. Made sense yeah, like, to me. like talk and get it over with, yeah. Yeah, just at least figure out where you guys stand. 
And then if it doesn't work out after that, then that's, you know, whatever. But don't be angry without, you know, talking it out, I guess. I don't know. No, exactly. So now we see Dawson introducing himself to Jen's mom. They're standing out on the dock. It looks really, really pretty. And Helen says she forgot how magical it can be here. So Dawson tells her that he actually dated Jen, but they're still very good friends. So then she says, I'm happy Jen has a friend in you, Dawson. And he tells her that he has something else to tell her. And it's not going to be easy, but he's just going to say it. And she can tell him if he's out of line. So he starts to explain to her who Eve is. Right. So she pretends that she doesn't know what he's talking about. And he tells her Eve was carrying a picture of her. And Helen asks if the girl is still in town. And Dawson says no. By the time he found out, she was gone. So Helen asks if Jen knows. And Dawson says, no, I wrestled with telling her, but decided that it was, uh, (laughs) I wrote, (laughs) it wasn't in my pay grade. (laughs) He's like, "Uh, I don't know if I need to get involved with all that, but. (laughs) I already saw what happened when I told my girlfriend about her father's shady dealings, and I don't want to go down that road again. Exactly. Exactly. I sent my other girlfriend's father to jail. Um, <laughs> I think I'm done meddling in other people's lives. This is the extent of my yeah. meddling. I'm just going to give you the heads up because it's your responsibility to tell your daughter. <laughs> so Helen says that Jen doesn't need to know about any of this. And he disagrees. He says Eve could potentially confront Jen herself. And this information would be better coming from you. And she says, remember when you told me to tell you when you're out of line? And he says, he's not the authority on functional families, but he's seen what happens when families keep these kinds of secrets from each other. He just doesn't want to see Jen get hurt. She says, neither do I. And then she walks away. So now Andy and Joey are talking. Joey tells her that it gets (laughs) Joey with another one of her. What did you call it? Her like (laughs) sentimental like conversation. Her her words of wisdom. Yeah. She's telling Andy, (laughs) Andy. It'll get easier being around one another. And now Pacey and Jack are putting out plays together. And Pacey asks Jack if Andy ever asks, asks about him. And Jack says, what do you think? And he says, I think she probably hates me right about now. And Jack says, only every other day. And then Pacey looks up at Andy. And then Joey says to Andy that she knows what she's going through as a veteran of multiple breakups with the same boy. She says, the dark nights will pass and you'll eventually find peace. <laughs> Andy says that she wishes that she could believe all that bullshit because sometimes it's just so unbearable. And lately she feels so uncomfortable being in her own skin. And she tells Joey that she needs to keep herself busy because if she stops, all she can think about is how badly she hurt him and how badly she got hurt. Jack's telling Pacey that it's not a judgment. It's a fact that Pacey broke Andy's heart. And he says, well, she broke mine first. And Jack says, okay. What is this tit for tat? (laughs) What I wanted to say. Uh, well, no, I mean, he's right. She broke mine first. Like, he's not trying, he's not trying to break her heart. Like, he didn't purposely break her heart. He's just, hurt. he's hurt. And Jack says, okay, so imagine how much pain she's in. And I wrote, no, Jack, just no. What about me? What about I? What about number one? Oh, my, me, my, what I think, what I like, what I know, what I want, what I see. <laughs> I like talking about you, 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 usually. <laughs> but occasionally i want to talk about me <laughs> <laughs> the song came on recently on the radio and i was so excited about it <laughs> oh my god it's funny i don't know why that song's so funny 
Anyways. <laughs> Andy mentions to Joey that she and Pacey have gotten to be pretty good friends lately. And she says, Pacey's a doofus, but he has his moments. And Andy asks if he talks about her. And Joey's like, not really. Uh, if he can't come up with a clever quip, he goes stoic. And the way he feels about you, he keeps that close to his heart. It's really precious to him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just so, it's so adult. It's such adult conversation. It is, but they're oh. getting older. They're kind of mini adults right now. I know that's the point of the show. Like it's, it's just the point. It really is the point of the show, but like, you're know. not ready. You're not ready to see them as adults yet. And Joey, Joey's not like this tomboy anymore. She's, she really is like, they made her very womanly and she's grown. She's grown into the woman that she needs to be. <laughs> she's seen it all. Um, all right. So now we are outside. Everybody's having idea. Wait, what? <laughs> everyone's, everyone's puts ideas having dinner costless. I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> Every oh, everyone's outside having dinner, coatless. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so Grams asks everyone to stand and join hands. And there's like four extras at the end of the table that are her prayer group. So Grams asks Dawson to begin, and Dawson says that he gives thanks for the food that was just on the table. So then Mitch looks at Pacey and he says, great cranberries. (laughs) And Dawson says he's thankful to gather with friends and family who in the best of all worlds are one and the same. And we see Mitch and Gail look at each other. And then Pacey gives thanks to the women of the Ryan brood for an outstanding meal and an afternoon of peace. And I wrote Pacey really uses the word brood a lot because he used it in the last episode. Brood. (laughs) Such a weird word. Uh, Andy thanks Grams for letting her come last minute. Of course, dear. And then Andy says she's thankful for her friends who've helped her in so many ways. And without them, I would be lost. And she's crying now. Jack gives thanks to Grams and Jen for taking him in as a gay stray. And Joey says she gives thanks to the ones who aren't here for whatever reason. And it comes to Jen and she's like, uh, let me think. Um, I give thanks to second chances and to rebuild bridges. <laughs> she says other things. And the Graham says, that was lovely, dear. And then Helen leaves the table and like just walks away, making everybody uncomfortable. So Jen goes after her mom and she's like, I'm sorry, did I say something wrong, mom? Like they literally just had the same interaction in the bedroom, except Helen was saying this to Jen. Helen says that she's not upset She says she did something right for a change by sending her to live with Grams. And Jen says, sending isn't the way I'd put it. And Helen says, fair enough, but I don't think you realize how lucky you are. So she tells Jen all of her life, she searched for friends like that. And Jen says, but they're not my family. And she tells her mom how she struggled the past year, constantly falling and picking herself back up with no safety net. And she tells her mom she could have used her. And her mom says that she could have called her or written more. And Jen says, well, why didn't you? And she can't really give her an answer. So Jen asks her what she did that was so wrong. She's like, what did I do that was so wrong? I just want to live. Wasn't she caught in bed with her boyfriend? Isn't that why she was moved? Yeah, in her parent bed, I think. Shipped to Grams's? Yeah. 
So Helen says nothing. There was nothing you did that was so wrong. And I was like, yeah, I thought she did something really wrong. <laughs> um, now you're just condoning it, Helen. <laughs> she says that she needs to explain something to Jen. And then they like kind of walk off. But we cut to Dawson and his parents. Mitch and Gal are having dessert together. Dawson asks if he can join them. And Gal says, I was so proud of what you said at that dinner table, Dawson. And Mitch says, Dawson, you got to check out Gal's pie. It's well worth the wait. <laughs> oh my God. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> I missed that. I totally missed that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dawson's like, all right, can you two dummies stop? One more moment of false sitcom good cheer, and I'm going to throw up your oyster stuffing. <laughs> He's not wrong. Too hard. Oh my god. So Gal's like, we're just trying to be friends again. And Dawson says that his mom took up space in the guest room, but is she part of the family or is she a tenant? Like, do you gotta pay rent? What are you doing? And Mitch says it's not that simple, Dawson. And he says it never is with you two. So he tells them both that if there's something going on, that he wants to be a part of it, like he wants to know. <laughs> Are you just going to repeat everything in the same voice? <laughs> so now Jen and Helen are talking together again. Helen has just told Jen about the baby she gave up for adoption. So Jen says, so let me get this straight. Mother finds daughter in compromising position. And instead of sharing her own experiences as a teenager, when she actually got pregnant and had a child, mother instead turns into a hypocrite and sends her daughter into exile. And Helen says it wasn't only her, it was her father too. So now Jen's really upset and she wants to know why her mom wouldn't tell her this information sooner. She says, you don't think that this information would have helped with what I was going through, that you would make something easier on me instead of pushing me away and turning your back. And Helen says it was a shameful secret she's been carrying for over 20 years. And Jen says, so the answer was then to make me feel dirty and ashamed. And Helen's like, that was never my intention, dear. And Jen says she thinks her mother was more afraid of her father finding out about the indiscretion. She says, it's the story of my life. Just waiting for the day that you decide to take my story for once over his. Wait, can we kind of like figure something out here? Sure. So Jen's mom got pregnant while she was still with Jen's dad or she or she just didn't want her father. I don't think that he is just aware of it, but we don't know how long. I mean, is there a way to find out how long they were married before they had Jen? Because if Jen is like, what, 16 or 17 years old right now and her sister is 20 yeah. Right. We're looking at at least three or four years gap between them. So how long were they married for? So either she had an indiscretion as in she cheated on him and had a kid out of wedlock. But I feel like he would have noticed in nine months that his wife was pregnant. Right. So what I'm going to think here is she had a kid that Fire. no one knows about, not even her husband. OK, that would make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because you like scandal. <laughs> where'd the baby go that was inside of you helen unless you just didn't really notice she she pulled a um i don't i can't think of who she pulled right now but she pulled a person that would have hid for 10 months <laughs> she pulled a person <laughs> got it okay got it 
Moving There's on. There's a show or a movie or something that I watched where some girl got accidentally pregnant and she literally was forced to never leave the house until afterwards and it was all hush hush and I don't remember what it was. Oh. That's what I think of. Hmm. Interesting. Well, she did it to herself. Oh. Grams know? I think Grams knows. Hmm. So Helen says, you can think what you want, Jen, but I was not and am not prepared to wind up alone. Jen says, well, that's the difference between you and me, because I would rather be alone than in a pathetic, loveless marriage. And she goes to walk away and Helen tells her not to go. Jen tells her mother that she's the most intensely selfish person that she's ever known. She says, look at you. You can't even cry. Something's taken that away from you. You're numb. And you know what? You're grateful for it. You know why you're so afraid of being alone? Because the day you are, you're going to have to look inside yourself and you're going to see what I've known for a long time. There's nothing there. So Jen like walks. Yeah, what we call that comfortably numb. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Oh man. Jen walks day full of songs today. (laughs) It's music day. It's music day. Jen walks away crying. She's upset. And we just see Helen just standing there. She's like, I will never shed a tear. We cut to Bessie trying to control baby Alexander because he won't stop crying. Did you notice that the crying sounded like it belonged to an infant and not a toddler? Yeah, sound effects. The sound effect see... was the wrong age for that child. Did you ever see a movie where like the baby's not really crying and it's just a sound effect? <laughs> yeah. At least this one, he looked like he was being fussy, but the yeah. sound... The sound was that of a like newborn baby. Like it was too high pitched for that baby. It was wrong. It was wrong. I sat there going, I'm expecting like, like this tiny thing that can't even hold its head up crying. That's what I expect. And it wasn't. (laughs) Can you imitate it? No. (laughs) Uh, Negative ghost writer. No. Um, So Bessie tells Joey that it's time for them to hit the road. And I wrote, or hit the boat in their case. So then Joey's like, well, let me go say goodbye. And she's like, no, you can stay. We're going to go. Stay with your friends. Stay with your friends. Which I thought was nice. Dawson and Joey are talking now. And Joey asks Dawson what they were just all talking about. Like with his parents. And Dawson says that their divorce is final. And the Learys of Capeside are officially over as a family. Mm. Joey's like, oh, I'm so sorry. For now. She keeps making duck lips and Guys, duck lips, not cute. She doesn't, and yet we've all done it. <laughs> I mean, I've never, I've never had a picture with duck lips, lies, or she like this. Have. I've done the kissy face, maybe not with the peace sign, but definitely the uh, or the victory sign. I guess depends on where you're from. But uh, I hate, I hate when I see my Twitter feed all the gay thoughts going like this. I don't get the whole tongue between the teeth thing. Me either. I don't get it at all. I don't get this. I don't get the peace sign. It's so annoying. It could be victory. It could be vagina. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a. I guess it depends so, on where you're putting the, the V. <laughs> so dumb. Anyway. So. I've done it. So it's, it's just me. <laughs> but I don't I, give a hoot. I just, maybe I just get annoyed by it. I think you just get annoyed by everything. I do. You're right. But I love you anyways. You, you're okay. right about that. You're right about that, Jamie. <laughs> well, Jamie, you're not wrong. <laughs> I do get annoyed at everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
Anyways. So then Joey, <laughs> Joey asks Dawson what he said after they told him. And he says, I looked them both in the eyes and I said, congratulations. Probably what I would have said, too. Do you want a cookie? <laughs> I know. I would have been like, great. You're getting a divorce. And Joey's like, good for you, Dawson. And he says, a year of them ifing and budding any decision is a good decision. Besides, the only homes we have are the ones we make ourselves. And then Joey agrees. And he says, how about we could lose night? Act out our teenage and you we want in destructive ways. <laughs> That's what he sounded like. <laughs> what he actually said was, how about we cut loose tonight? Act out our teenage ennui and wanton destructive ways. Joey's like, oh, what you got in mind, Dawson? And he says, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Or we can just sit here and have a mind-blowing three-hour conversation. <laughs> Hello, lady. Uh, he like, he, he's like mumbles. It's so annoying. Joey rolls her eyes. She's like, okay, Dawson. Now we see Pacey leaving and Jen grabs him uh, to go fuck him in the shed. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> He's saying everything to stop her, but she's like unzipping his clothes and everything. And she says, there will be absolutely no giggling. And she tries to kiss him. And he says, he needs a second to catch up. And she says, our arrangement precludes any emotional foreplay. And he agrees, but he says, by extension, it also precludes the idea of angry sex. And he asks her what happened with her mom. And she says nothing. And she takes a minute and then she tells him, long story short, like mother, like daughter. I'm not the only girl in the Lindley family that can't say no. Pacey says, well, wake up and smell the sanctimony, mom. And she says, my sentiments exactly. I plan to file it under wish I never knew. So he tells her that it wouldn't be so hasty. As someone who just went through it himself, what just happened to her is a defining moment. When you come to see your parents as human beings with their own problems, it's oddly kind of liberating. Jen's crying. And he says, you realize that they're way more messed up than we are. And it's not worth your time and energy to go on despising them for it. And we hear, if I would be good by Alanis Morissette playing in the background. They hug. He's consoling her. That was the other thing I noticed. I know I mentioned it before, but somebody was like, I don't know if I can watch it because all the original music's taken out. And I was like, well, you kind of get past it. But when you when I hear a song that is like an original song that was on the show. Yeah. I started to think about it last night and I was like, yeah, it really does take away the ambience of the show because hearing these like weird alternate music choices that they picked that really aren't effective in any way whatsoever like the music for this show yeah. was such a big part of the show and it does suck that kind of yeah it like takes away from the the emotion they're trying to portray right yeah it sucks because like you know thankfully it was all in season one but once it got to like mid-season two i felt like it was just all gone but it sucks i would love to hear the original music but I don't think it'll ever happen. So now it's nighttime and we see Helen leaving and Jen comes out. She tells her mom that she's not going to tell her dad about her mom's little secret. And she's like, I won't get in the middle. It's your marriage and your life. And she tells her mom that she doesn't regret anything that she said to her. And Helen's like, I deserved it. She says, I deserve everything that happens to me. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? Jesus. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> 
you know. That was very ominous. Mom. Ominous. Ominous. <laughs> very. Ominous. I love that um, word. Do you know, know how long it took me to pronounce that word correctly? <laughs> <laughs> for real? Like ambulance for a lot of people. I'm like, ominous. 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 Using it in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Ken's mom was acting very ominous in this situation. <laughs> uh, the fog in that field it gives a very ominous sensation. Oh know, my god! Like, maybe not that's creepy. That was creepy. That's that's, my a, that's a Mr. Ballin story. A who? Mr. Ballin. <laughs> you really <laughs> have like the memory of a fucking gnat. <laughs> you really don't remember anything. <laughs> Which is weird because you're so smart. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> no, once you repeated his name, I remembered it was the person you were talking about earlier. So <laughs> it came back to me. It just, <laughs> I'm telling you. You're I'm... like, this is you. Bzzz, bzzz. <laughs> I don't know. Some... <laughs> you're like, wait, know. who's the woman? Know. Who's the woman that Jen's talking to this whole episode again? <laughs> What's her name? I know it's her uh... mom. Helen? Jamie, she's like, it's a big deal. <laughs> Not a big deal to me. That's why I don't remember. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. My memory is a funny thing. I Wait, this is... So whenever I, like, make fun of my cats and how, like, I feel like the one has ADD, I'm always like, this is what's going on in Kitty Purry's head. I need a treat. I'm going to go beat up Little Nugget. Garrity Cat, give me some room. I need to go eat. I'm going to go throw up now. I need to go play <laughs> in the litter box. Hairball, hairball, hairball. I want more treats. I'm going to go lay down. Like, that's like the... It's bath time. Let me clean my butt. Yeah. That's like <laughs> the process that I feel like goes on in her brain. So this is yours. This is yours. <laughs> oh, no. I'm scared. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait. We're, we're doing the podcast. Wait. Did I watch the show? Wait. I got to go watch it. Wait. I have to go read my book real quick. Wait. Soul. Soul. Survivors. I have to read this book. <laughs> Soul Survivor. BTS is coming. And when? Wait, is it dropping tomorrow or is it dropping their time? Wait a minute. <laughs> King Jung. I have to listen to him now. Jimu. <laughs> <laughs> Army. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> You're probably not wrong about half of that. <laughs> Although I don't know who you said. What what did you say? I don't know. Kim Jong? <laughs> Kim Jong Ong. <laughs> so Helen's like, Jen, don't marry a cold man. Don't wake up at 40 and realize everything you've built your life around could be pulled out from under you. And Jen's like, why don't you just divorce him, mom? She's like, I can't. I can't for social reasons mostly. You'll just disappear. Like You'll never be invited to another luncheon or to another social event or to another charity. Your name just literally dis- disappears. 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 It disappears. <laughs> Where does it go? It disappears. It disappears. <laughs> um, so that she said that. But you know what? It's crazy because like people think that way, that their whole lives revolve around their social calendar. It's nuts. I know. And plus, she would get money in the divorce. She could just start her own life and be happy. 
But you she know? doesn't know how to do that. She doesn't know how to be happy with just herself. Well, she has to realize that she wanted and God darn it. She's not getting rid of it. Apparently. I feel like she'll be better off and she'll probably have a better relationship with her daughter. Oh, for, for sure. But I guess uh, she doesn't want it bad enough. Yeah. She's really just too concerned about her social status than anything. Meanwhile, her and her husband just sit across from each other at dinner and they don't even speak. He's probably on the phone. He's probably getting prostitutes every night while she's like, worried he's going to find out about a child she gave up for adoption at that point you just say none of your fucking business it was pre-you <laughs> pre-you you don't own me yeah like none of none of that even counts you don't own me sir so jen says ever since you put me on that plane i thought you hated me but you always just hated yourself and she says if i had just realized that earlier this past year would have been so much easier and helen's like i'm so sorry jen She's like, I know. So she tells Jen that she can stop worrying now that her daughter will turn out just like her. And she tells her that she's already much stronger than she ever was. And at this point, we see Graham's coming out. And Helen says, well, I guess I should be going. Graham says, goodbye, Helen. And she wraps her arms around Jen, which I thought was, it made me like emotional when when I saw this. Graham's puts her arms around Jen as if to say, she's mine. I'm taking care of her. Like I'm going to, yeah. Like I'm going to do what you didn't do by raising this girl into this. Clearly she can't. So yeah. So I liked it. I liked that part. So Helen says goodbye to Grams and Jen says, bye mom. Call me sometime. She says, I will. (laughs) Yeah. Call me maybe. Yeah. Don't hold your breath. (laughs) Helen drives away and Graham asks Jen if she's all right. And Jen says, I'll be fine. So then Jen sees all of her friends sitting around a fire together. And Pacey rolls up on his bike. Um, He says he came back. He'd rather be with his friends who thinks he's an idiot instead of his family who thinks he's an idiot. And she tells him that she's glad he's there. And he says, no hard feelings from earlier. And she says, except for ones of utter embarrassment. And she says, she's sorry for what happened. And he's like, there's nothing to be sorry for. It's not every day a beautiful woman throws herself at him. (laughs) So she says, thank you for conduct above and beyond. She says, you're a 16 year old boy that had to have taken so much restraint. And he says, you have no idea. (laughs) I mean, I was pretty impressed, but I've been impressed with Pacey's ability to refrain from his basic carnal needs, carnal (laughs) desires. Right. You know what I mean, though? Like. He uh, he's stopped a couple of times from stuff getting too far. Like his self-control is very admirable. Wow. That's what um, that's what Gail told Dawson earlier in the episode. Are you just copying the lines now? Repeating lines? Are you, you a parent? Can remember that specific? <laughs> Come on, Stephen. Who are you talking to? Okay. You're like, did that ha- that happen? That memory. <laughs> Listen, I would have think that I my memory is a little better than a gnat, at least upgrade me to a goldfish aren't goldfish dumber <laughs> you know i don't know how we would compare who is smarter or who is dumber but knots are drawn to light and then light fry them they go boom goldfish at least know to swim away oh i guess you're right wait let's look it up i'm gonna be like a piranha <laughs> oh a piranha yeah All we're right. not giving you that much credit <laughs> rude <laughs> See how he treats me, you guys. Steven's so mean. Oh, please. 
You now have a shorter attention span than a goldfish. What is the IQ of a goldfish? I don't know. I don't thought know. I might I'm ask. what my own IQ is. What's your IQ? Oh, I don't even know. I'm no Albert Einstein, but... It's not answering. It doesn't know. I don't think there's a way to compare. Well, and a gnat is smaller than a goldfish. Yeah, so you would So their brain that. would be smaller. Yes. Do they even have a brain? <laughs> I don't know. What well, I'll it function. <laughs> hey, Google. Do gnats have brains? <laughs> Insects have tiny brains inside their heads. Oh, my they God. Have little brains known as ganglia spread out across their bodies, which I knew this. Uh, then a gnat would be smarter the insects can see smell and sense things quicker than us (gasps) oh then you're a goldfish (laughs) (laughs) fight me (laughs) that's what i gotta say about that (laughs) you can just fight me (laughs) i take it back you're not a gnat you're a goldfish (laughs) (laughs) on your recommendation Damn it. It's fine. It's fine. I can be a goldfish. Actually, can I be a butterfly? They're pretty. Well, what's their mentality? <laughs> I don't know. They don't live very long, so well they they uh they turn into from a yeah. wait, what are they first before they turn into a butterfly? Caterpillars. A caterpillar, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember. <laughs> and then they literally turn into goo and then they come out as butterflies. They grow wings from their goo. It's fantastic. Spread your wings and fly, butterfly. Butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. We're almost done. So they go and join their friends. Pacey sits down next to Andy. Dawson says that it's been a while since they've all ended up in the same spot and it's really nice. Jen agrees with him and she says she feels like she's in the middle of a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special. And Andy says, oh, I love that one. <laughs> and she gets all into the plot. And I was like, oh, Andy's back. Like and normal, normal Andy. Yeah, like she didn't. We missed you, Andy. Like she never stole a PSAT or cheated on her boyfriends or uh, gave everybody detention in school or cut her hair. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Joey says, well, the group hug is a little premature. I'm sure we'll find our way to be estranged again in no time. Dun, dun, dun. So then Dawson says, in a world where the ones who raise you end up letting you down, it's an honor and a privilege to have you guys to turn to. If somebody said that in a high, if I was in high school and somebody said that, I'm sure there would be people who thought, who would think it sounded so profound. But if I was in high school and somebody said that, I'd be like, oh, you're so annoying. <laughs> Why am I not surprised, Steven? I'd be like, shut up. <laughs> oh, it's so annoying. Whatever. Joey says, I can't wait for the Oscar speech. There's not going to be one dry eye in the house. And then they all laugh and they cheers their hot apple cider. And we get the end credits. I want Thanksgiving. hot apple cider. Thanksgiving's over. What a lovely way to end Thanksgiving. I love hot apple cider. I don't. 
Really? I like regular apple cider. It goes right through me. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. That might have been. Can't drink a lot of it. I love, I like, I look forward to the fall just because of hot apple cider. And <laughs> oh. apple cider donuts. Ah. Oh, yeah. I love the fall. It's my, it's my favorite time of the year. I love the whole, like, sense of everything yeah. everything's everything's so colorful it's, it's getting cool out again and it's halloween and, and it's hoodie love weather it. i love hoodies i have so many hoodies it's like disgusting me too i have an obsession with collecting hoodies i was literally looking at the ones that i have folded that aren't even on hangers and i was like i really need to pack some away for summer because I just have so many. I really I have a bunch that are stuff. out and hanging up that probably don't might be a little snug on me right now, but I won't part with them. I refuse. They're mine. Mine. Yeah, I have I have a couple of um what is it called? North Face. Right. And they're a little they're a little snug on me, which is I was like, how did this happen? But I don't want to give them away like, yet. Even going to like like any time when I was in high school and stuff, we would go to like Wildwood during the summer. I'd always get a hoodie off the boardwalk. Always. I always wanted one of those red life guard ones, but my mom would never buy me one. I had one. Yeah, I it had my name one. on it. <laughs> my mom was like, you don't need it. You're not a lifeguard. <laughs> You'll never be a lifeguard with that body. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> she never said that. <laughs> I mean, I was CPR certified, so I'm pretty sure I could be a lifeguard too. But... Are you a good swimmer? Uh, I can float. (laughs) Well, then you can't be a lifeguard. I don't want to be a lifeguard. I'm just saying on a pool, I could totally do it. That's not a problem. Not in the beach, though. No, screw that. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to do it either. (laughs) One time, one time, the last time I was actually like really in the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) I was drinking. And I wasn't even like, I wasn't even that far into it. And I turned because my friend was talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> and the wave knocked me down. And then every time I'd get up, the wave would come and knock me down again. And it oh was hysterical, God. except for the fact that I almost died. <laughs> that's, not, that's not hysterical. That's scary. All right. Well, I mean, it wasn't that serious. I wasn't going to die. But as soon as I got out of it, I was like, I was uncontrollably laughing. I'm like, all right, note to self. Don't drink a bottle of wine and then try to go in the ocean. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, the waves, the waves on Bethany Beach are like super, super like strong. Yeah. And I remember uh, Justin's mom was uh, we were on the beach the one day and she was being like thrown around. And I was like, go save your mother. Because yeah. I was like, she does not look like she's having a good time. Because some of them like, are really, really rough, and I mean, it depends on like if there's an oncoming storm and whatever. Uh, I was an LBI at the time, so what's that? did you just say what's that? Yeah, I forgot. You're not from New Jersey, Long Beach Island. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, sorry, Jamie. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> um, but yeah, Justin's a really good swimmer. I'm not a very good swimmer. My mom used to always be like, you kids cannot go out that far. And my dad would like take us out. Me and my brother would pretend like we were like amazing swimmers, <laughs> but we weren't like going far. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to pretend I was a mermaid. And apparently, according to my mom, I used to flirt with the lifeguards, but I don't remember any of this. <laughs> oh, I flirt with the lifeguards all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. <laughs> I'm like, hey, what's your name? And they're like, 
Uh, can you leave me alone? <laughs> Are you drowning? No. Then goodbye, sir. I usually just walk by their posts and I just fall over like I'm choking and wait for them to come and see me. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yes, I'm very serious. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't think I would ever go that far because they're obviously there for a reason and not to be distracted by me. But oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't think that far ahead. I just wanted mouth to mouth. I just wanted to feel the touch of a man. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the episode. And next week it's four to tango. So I'm very um, excited about it. Very, very, very excited. Do you have any last thoughts on this episode? I feel like we both said how we felt in the beginning, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else to add besides what I was talking about earlier. Um, I'm just glad this episode is over now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's so funny. I felt like Escape to Witch Island drained me when we were talking about it. Yeah, I, I felt like this episode was it was a good episode to me. I liked the connections they had with everybody and I liked the Jen and her mother storyline. And I liked that there was this like trio of Ryan women and, you know, there was some resolution with Mitch and Gail. So it's not just going to be like pushed out for a whole other season. Um, and Dawson took it really well. I think, you know, he's, he was so over it himself. He was just like, well, I guess that's it, you know, but for the most part, it was good. Um, but before we actually end the episode, I wanted to give a really nice shout out to the Instagram account underscore obest with shows underscore 24.7. They posted such a sweet story for us and tagged us in it. And they said, honestly, the best thing to listen to when you are sad. And that was like, so nice. I love that. So it. sweet. And I was like, that's such a big compliment, you know? It really is. And I, I hope that, you know, you guys listening to us while we talk complete and utter nonsense, yeah. <laughs> you know, makes you laugh and, you know, gives you a nice start to your day or end to your day, depending on when you're listening to us. Um, you know, because it's nice to not take everything so seriously all the time. Yeah. So hopefully you guys use us as like a way to escape. We hope we're your vessel for happiness. <laughs> Coming right to your ears <laughs> by a streaming service near you. Yeah. I kept hearing the chefs on Top Chef saying that. It's a great vessel for this plant-based thing. I was like, why are they saying that? So now I'm going to use it for us. We are a great vessel for you to feel better about yourselves because we're just two fucking idiots talking about nothing and everything all at once. <laughs> and Dawson's Creek. <laughs> oh, no. That's a little too far. We're not idiots. It's goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> just goldfish Can we're just go. two dumb goldfish swimming around a fish tank talking about wait, wait, what's the song two uh i think it is it pink floyd two oh yeah swimming in a fish bowl year yeah. after year do 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 oh, listen i've been on a pink floyd kick today did you notice that's like the second song of pink floyd that i brought You're up singing a lot i am singing a lot i'm happy i blame it on my book dramas I don't know. I don't know what to blame it on. I'm just in a good mood. And it's all thanks to you listeners out there. We love you. Yeah. Thank you Thank for you. listening. We appreciate these messages that we get. 
they're so sweet and it really just means a lot to us. So keep sending them to us. It makes us feel good. And we're glad that we make you feel good. So with that, I think we can end the show. Jamie, tell everybody where they can find your bookstagram. Yeah. So my bookstagram is on Instagram, of course, at Lynn underscore book lover. Beautiful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can do that at Creek Talk Podcast and on Twitter at Creek Talk Pod. And you can send us an email with any feedback or any type of story. Send that to creektalkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also join our Facebook group. Just go to our link tree and any of our profiles and everything is listed in there. And if you're feeling generous, please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. We will greatly appreciate it. But with that, we can end the show. We appreciate you listening and we hope everybody has a great weekend and join us next week. We'll be back with an all new episode of Creek Talk Podcast. Bye. Bye. (laughs) It like only took an hour.